Good morning and welcome back to the Built Broadcast podcast. This is episode 25 and today we are recording with the PG Cap team, formerly known as the Create team. And we're just going to be talking a little bit about the PG Cap um, and really focusing on some of the formative assessments that we've been doing. Um, But first, I would like everyone to introduce themselves, please. So, Roz, can you go first? Yeah, thanks, Amy. Hello, I'm Roz O'Leary. I'm an associate professor in learning and teaching, and um, I look after the postgraduate certificate and academic practice, the PGCAP, for our colleagues here at Bristol. Hi there, I'm Louise Housen. Um, I'm one of the uh, co-unit directors for the PGCAP and also a lecturer in academic development. Um, yeah, so it's been really nice planning um, and delivering the PGCAP this year. Hi, yeah, I'm Julian Kendall. So I'm also uh, a lecturer in academic development and uh, also the co-unit director for uh, Unit 1 in the PGCAP. Cool. Okay, so Roz, my first question was going to be, but you kind of answered it. What what does the PG cap stand for? Postgraduate certificate in academic practice. Academic so, practice. So th- so this is the usual um, piece of training that um, people new to teaching who arrive at Bristol will will encounter and engage with. So if you pitch up here at Bristol and you're on pathway one or pathway three, which is our you know people with significant teaching. Um, you would usually come along to um, the PGCAP and engage with that and get your postgraduate certificate and um, HA fellowship. Um, so can you kind of give me a, a rundown? So someone's coming in, they, they're new to Bristol University, they need to teach in, they, they, they know they're going to do the PGCAP. What kind of thing would they be expecting to get out of the programme and what, what kind of, what does it cover? We've got a variety of uh, different workshops that we deliver. There's also lots of activities on Blackboard as well, because you're trying to develop a community, not just uh, teaching. So we have got things such as an interdisciplinary learning group. So therefore, they'll be able to talk to their peers throughout their time on PGCAP and also do some activities and tasks, get some peer feedback um, and just have that opportunity to share their experiences, which I think is the real benefit of doing any kind of programme, which goes across discipline and goes across the university because sometimes we get members of staff who are kind of stuck in their little silos of teaching so this is the way it's always been taught in this particular discipline um, and being able to break out of that and discuss and see you know what people have in common what people do differently in terms of teaching i think is a real advantage so having that is is a real positive in terms of the pg cap um, and the same kind of goes with the workshops as well, because everybody is together um, on an online workshop. So they're, a- again, able to discuss with their peers and discuss with us their own kind of uh, teaching, the kind of things that they do within their practice. And again, it's all about learning from each other as much as it is uh, learning from us. Um, and I think that's something which is a real benefit for, for the programme, definitely. Very much take a kind of an active learning approach as well. So. So we're encouraging lots of interactivity with each other and giving plenty of space to kind of reflect on uh, their practice and share ideas with colleagues, as, as, as Lou was saying. Um, and also a, a chance to um, see other people teach as well, do an observation and have somebody observe their teaching as well and, and give them, again, some more clear feedback. So it's a very practical uh, course as well as kind of, so looking at the theoretical elements that underpin good practice uh, around teaching and trying to kind of make those links between 
the theory of teaching and, and what that looks like in the classroom or, or whatever kind of teaching contexts staff are working in. They, they do have those um, observations of teaching, which are great. But one, one of the things we're pleased about um, that we designed into the first unit is a micro teach. So um, people come along and do a five minute thing on a key concept in their discipline, loads of fun, some great feedback and a chance for people to try something a bit new as well. So um, yeah, we, we've been really pleased with um, trying that out online. Yeah, so this is the first year that the PG CAF is running, isn't it? The first academic year. And obviously yeah, when indeed. this all and with when this all I remember Rose when you started and there was all the talk about changing it over to a PG CAP, never would have envisaged the whole thing would be delivered online. So how has that kind of impacted things for you? Is it has it been a bit of a baptismal fire or Yeah, I, I think so, because we were just straight in there putting everything online with the old create scheme. So I think by the time we got to designing this and we knew that we were going to be online, at least at the very beginning, um, we, we had more experience in that and had a better idea of how things might work. So I think we've learned a lot. It has been a baptism of fire. We've learned a lot in the last year and we've tried to channel that here because what we want this um, course to do is model some of the things people could use in their own teaching. We want to try all of the things, even if they don't always completely work, because we kind of feel like we're all in it together, right? We want to kind of yeah. share our experience, but, you know, leave plenty of space for our colleagues to tell us all of the brilliant things that they're doing and, and learn from them as well. Do you feel there's, um, this is to everyone, do you feel there's a pressure to be exemplar in your teaching because you are teaching about teaching or do you not feel that way? we need to practice what we preach so I do think if we're saying that it needs to be active learning then we need to make sure that we're promoting active learning um also I think it's the fact that no teaching can ever be perfect that's not something that we're striving for everyone's got their own teaching style everyone's got lots of different students or in our case members of staff who've got different learning preferences so how they learn they might take to one of us and not necessarily the other they might like one particular thing that we're doing and not necessarily something else but that's just how teaching is and I think it's about being honest in terms of you're going to make mistakes, um, but in terms of teaching, you're always developing your practice. You're never suddenly, now I'm the perfect teacher, I don't need to learn anymore, because you can't be. There's always going to be one student or a cohort of students who might be a little bit tricky in comparison to other cohorts. So you're going to have to figure out what's going to work best for them and what's going to work best for you and i think that's something we try to model in our practice as well so if something isn't working during a session if a group is particularly quiet because it can happen um, and that could be due to anything due to the fact that at the moment it's beautiful weather outside so everyone's too busy thinking about going outside and, and you know having outside for lunch or something like that as opposed to, to focusing on the session but it's not being afraid to change it up and going okay this isn't working what can we do this is going to work better in the future and I think that's something which hopefully comes through in our practice and how we teach. So Roz in the meeting at our team meeting we had the other day you briefly mentioned the fact that you are using formative assessment in the PG cap so that's something you know we really as built we're focusing on so it'd be great if you could just talk a little bit more about what you're doing there if everyone could talk a little bit more about what you're doing there. Yeah, we were really, you know, and this follows the thread of practicing what we preach. So we were really keen to um, think 
long and hard about how we were assessing people and, and not load them too much on that endpoint assessment. So they have a couple of teaching observations that go on during the unit, um, for example, which is part of the assessment because it's a practice based course. And um, they have a written um, reflection at the very end. Um, but we wanted to give plenty of space for not only informal feedback in our sessions, so hence the micro teach, um, and hence lots of space in activities for people to be talking and reflecting upon their teaching. But we also wanted to give them a more formal kind of um, kind of formative assessment point um, where they get some really targeted feedback on on where they're going with their practice and how they're thinking about writing their, their final bits. So in unit one, our formative assessment um, piece is um, a plan, a draft plan for their final critical reflection. And, and there we, we leave space for our participants to just think about it's very very short so um, they're just telling us about what practice they're going to reflect on against each of the themes that they need to write about and also what literature they're going to um, bring into it because this is a level seven postgraduate certificate so it has to be scholarly you know that's one of our aims for people to critically reflect in a scholarly way on their practice and um Actually, I've been blown away. Um, I'm sure Julian and Lou will tell you more, but um, we've all we've all given feedback um, to people, and I've been completely blown away about the insight it's given us into their practice. You just okay. immediately get to hear about what their philosophical approach to teaching is, what what kind of literature they're drawing on, what they're doing in their teaching. It's it's just been a great insight, and I think. For us, the scale of the course, we've got about 90 people on it at the moment, is such that we can't go and observe them teach. And you might do that on a smaller course, but we, we can't resource that. So um, this is one way that we get to have that conversation with them about, about their practice. And we're hoping, because this is the first run, that this, this will really, really kind of help them and build them towards that final critical narrative yeah i think it's it's yeah, really I, I, interesting okay. because um you're, you're kind of seeing each other's practice and you're seeing the kind of things that, that they're doing within their practice um the kinds of methods that they're utilizing um seeing the teaching philosophies and seeing how that actually manifests in practice so if someone's saying you know this is my teaching but this is my teaching practice and this is what i value you can really see it through the activities that they're choosing the rapport that they're building with their students um, and the activities that they're getting them to do, which I think is really nice. But also, I think on another level, and I'm, I'm sure that um, our colleagues who are on who are on the PG Cat feel this too. The amount that you learn from just reading someone's formative um, draft plan. So the readings that they have highlighted, I'm now going. Okay, my reading list of what it is that I'm now going to go and research has got longer and longer because they found a really interesting paper about, you know. Within their specific discipline so it's been really nice to kind of see 
the themes which are coming up, see the literature which they're going to be using. And it's really nice for us to actually do some learning as well in terms of what we could utilize within our own practice, which can come through too. Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic to see just the richness of different kind of teaching approaches and, and that are going on at the university and the, the thoughts people have got around why they teach and, and the value of higher education has it, been fantastic. Also just in terms of, of the actual, how we've approached that formative task. Uh, again, coming back to sort of modeling uh, of practice, um, we decided to give the feedback uh, as, as audio feedback as well through Blackboard, which was a new way for us to do it. Um, and I think in terms of the actual practice of that has been quite successful in, in terms of the sustainability of that marking. Um, and, and yeah, we would be interested to see what feedback we get from the participants about how they felt, how they found the audio feedback, um, how they engaged with that, um, to what extent they found it uh, constructive and, and easy to, to respond to as well. As you're talking about, you say, as you say there's 90 people in the cohort this year, or 90 pieces of formative feedback, I think is a, it's a huge ask in terms of time, especially at the moment when everyone is so pressured for time. Obviously recording it in audio format probably helps to some extent with that. Um, but I was just kind of, I think for anyone listening now, they would say, it's, it's, it sounds great. And I think it's, do you use like a template you give them to do the, the is it like an essay? Yeah. Um, is that something that you could share with us? Yeah. 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 Can. It, it's just a, a short template for a plan for their final, you know, it will help them in their thinking to write their final piece because we got some themes that they need to reflect upon. Um, the sustainability we, we did think really long and hard about this because we really wanted to make that personal connection with the people on our course um, but you're right it's a difficult one because you know have you got the time to do that with a cohort of 90 but we we think it will pay off putting in we consider that as part of our teaching time if you like so not an added extra in that sense and we think it will pay off we yet to see whether it will pay off but we're hoping that that's going to really um, make those final assessments a joy to read and and there won't be many misunderstandings about what we're expecting of them because we've had that conversation not not just generally with you know the whole cohort but individually with people about what what is expected of them and and how we'll be marking that one of, the, one of the kind of questions we get a lot about when we when we try and talk about people doing more formative feedback is well, students don't engage with formative feedback. Have you found that to be the case on the PG cap? No. I don't really know yet because we've only just done the um, formative feedback. So we haven't had much feedback about that yet. But did people do the task? Yes, yes. yes. So we did have a really, really high rate of people doing the, the formative draft. And so that's been really good, but I think it's now just for us to get some feedback on how they receive the feedback we're going to put into practice. I think that's yeah, kind of the I, I feedback think, on the feedback. Yeah, I well, anecdotally, well, there's been a little bit of feedback I've heard because we also run drop-ins and writing retreats, and already I've been in conversation with people in in those kind of events where they're talking about um, what they wrote in their formative draft plan so it, I, I think 
already I can see that there's some evidence that that's you know the beginning of a conversation and then it really it's really helped me personally when I kind of clock a name and I'm thinking oh yes you're the person from law interested in problem-based learning yeah and um yeah it's been great from a personal <laughs> level I just feel like I've got to know people um in a much deeper way yeah and I think that when when we talk about feedback I think one of the in terms of for students I think one of the biggest things for them is feeling like they have a relationship with the person that's marking their work which is you know where you get all the arguments around anonymous marking so I'm guessing this marking is not anonymous you're you decided not to do that for before do you do it for the summative assessment or now that it would be written we're not planning on doing that but that's a really really good question because um this is quite a difficult thing because what we're asking people to write about is their personal approach to yeah. teaching and um so there's a lot of them in in their reflective writing so that would be quite difficult to for that to be completely anonymous um, but but that's a very good question and we're you know we're have, keeping our eyes on you know how we're going with that as a university approach to anonymous marking so are you guys doing anything else exciting with your assessment on the pg cap well one of the things that we've asked our participants to do is a podcast um where we're they're working in interdisciplinary learning groups uh, and we've asked them to find out some information about the makeup of their, their student cohort, the diversity of that, um, to get them to reflect on that and then share some of their um, reflections with uh, colleagues in their interdisciplinary learning group. So thinking about who their students are and how that affects the way in which they teach, um, how they ensure there's inclusivity uh, within their teaching and that they're responsive to uh, the diversity of their students and make sure that everyone's able to participate uh, in their group. Um, so we would have just completed that now and um, then we're also asking them to, to comment on each other's podcasts as well and again sort of share some uh, reflections and then that will feed into um, some of the reflections that they include in their summative assignment again where they're thinking about this, this issue of, of their student diversity. I think what's been really nice about the task that we've set our participants as well this year is that we've actually gone through the processes ourselves. So we've always kind of try, again tried to model the practice. So Julian, myself, and Hannah actually had a discussion about um, the diversity of our cohort, and then we put the podcast up as a video in order to model the practice. So therefore, we had something to reflect back on, and that's something that we've been doing with with near enough all of the tasks we set our participants. We've physically done them to one see how long it takes. Uh, to see if there's any skills which they actually need to kind of know about before they do that. And then three, to also make a kind of how-to video. Um, and that goes all the way from posting things up on Blackboard because they may not have been involved in the other side of being, you know, a participant to a discussion board. All of those kind of activities we have gone through, we've experienced, we've tried to troubleshoot as much as possible and then produce some guides so that all of the participants can contribute as much as possible. So again, it's going back to thinking about inclusivity and diversity of our, our cohorts, people who may have loads of experience at Blackboard, some people who have hardly any experience at Blackboard because they're brand new to the institution we have just made sure that everything is as accessible as we can make it too so that's something that we we try to champion and we will do on the next unit as well unit two of the pg cap
Um, okay, well, I think we've talked about everything um, that we're going to. Do you guys have anything more you want to add? No? Okay, well, um, all the information about the PG Cap is on the Built website. So I guess we'll end things now. I'd like to say thank you to our guests who have joined us, Roz, Louise, and Julian. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you very much, Amy. Great. Thanks, Amy. It's been Thanks, great. Amy.